0: Traveling the world, searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Welcome to the International Equine Network. This is Scott Miller bringing you today the International Equine Report. Every Thursday afternoon on BBS radio at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. And what we do here on International Equine Report is we kind of go over all the happening things that are going on uh, uh, for the week uh, and and the weekend that's coming up and uh, just try to, you know, give everybody a little uh, insight to what's going on, where to go, what to do. Uh, The best thing that I can say, you you start off uh, today with uh, is that you go in and to your computer and you Google equestrian events in my area and whatever area you're in, it'll pop up and you'll see where they have horse shows, uh, horse racing, uh, horse sales, uh, you name it, they have it. Um, And it will tell you for all of you, all close to you. And then you can go out and take it, uh, take a look and see what all is going on. And 95% of the events that you go to are usually free. And it makes it an interesting afternoon for you and the family uh, to go out and see uh, just what the equestrian world's like in your area. And you'd be surprised uh, how many things that are there that you probably don't really see and know about until you Google them. Just Google equestrian events uh, for your area. And you can go out and take a good look at them. Uh, Here in South Florida, we got them all over. We got show horses. We got race horses. We got sales. Uh, you name it, we have it uh, here. In fact, um, in Sunshine Meadows, where we're broadcasting from in Delray Beach, Florida, uh, we just recently had a art show, an equestrian art show, and it was really nice. It, it was really good to have a lot of good artists that come out to see, uh, bring their uh, paintings and their sculptures out. And uh, I didn't realize we had that kind of talent uh, laying right here locally. And some of these paintings were just uh, unbelievable. Um, everybody had a good time. Uh, a lot of the uh, art, artists here um, uh, will be back, coming back in the next couple of months. And so, it, you know, it's kind of good. And in fact, some of the um, two or three of the artists, uh, they got commissioned to do portraits of uh, some of our um, horse people that that are here with their horses. So uh, that that was nice. And, th- and that's one of the things that pops up on um, equestrian events when you Google it. Uh, in, in, uh, our area is what we do here. And speaking of Sunshine Metals, uh, we're, uh, getting ready to wind down our season. Um, it, it pretty much ends in April, first of May. Um, everybody heads back up north, uh, with their standard bred horses, uh, to, uh, train and race up there and spend the, the summer months up there. And we won't see our standard bred people back until the end of September next year or this year, uh, they'll be coming back uh, to get all their babies ready and to rest up their horses for the next season. And uh, we've got about, I'd say probably 350 horses that have left here in the last couple of weeks. and We've got about 100 left that will be going here in the next week or so, going back up to Pennsylvania and New York and and Indiana and Ohio, uh, you know, to compete uh, in the standard bread industry. So that that'll happen and then we've got a, a group of uh show horses here uh, that will be uh going uh back up north uh to compete in Maryland and uh Pennsylvania and New York and Kentucky, that that type of thing. Uh you know, they'll be going up for that and and they, they usually go up for two or three weeks and then they come back here uh to Sunshine Meadows and then they'll be here for another three or four weeks, and then they go back up north, depending on the level of competition that they're showing in. So, you know, we we get kind of thin here uh, this time of year. It gives us a chance to um, get uh, the farm ready for next year and make any improvements or uh, do the things that need to be done to make it easier for our clients to uh, um, train and attend uh, and live here next year uh it's really exciting, you know, to get the summertime over and get them back, uh, you know, but it slows down, but it speeds up, uh, that type of thing. And then we have Palm Beach Downs where we, um, have our thoroughbred training facility. It's also, uh, located here in, uh, Delray beach. And that's close to, uh, Sunshine Meadows we are only two miles away. It's just down the road, uh, from us a little bit and all the horses that are there, uh, are getting ready to go back up north to uh, run in Kentucky and uh, Maryland and New York and Chicago and and uh, be going up to uh, Saratoga to run uh, you know it's it's getting interesting this time of year because it's derby time and uh, we we'll have a good contingency running in the derby uh, uh at Churchill Downs in the first Saturday of May coming from out of the Todd Pletcher barn and and that's going to be uh, very interesting and and speaking of Todd um he he just finished running over in Dubai and um had some success over there uh not like what we hoped it would be but uh he was against a lot of good horses and so he he did his best and and that's all we could ask for had a nice third in the 12 million dollar uh, uh cup and you know we can't complain uh, about that um he just ran into a bunch of bad horse uh, good horses and you know, it just wasn't our day there. It, it wasn't a bad day. It was, you know, it was a good day, but it would be nice to win. But, uh, you know, we didn't. And so it was kind of exciting for that. And and now Todd's getting ready to go up to um, Kentucky with a good group of horses to race at Cayman and uh to Churchill and get ready for, you know, Derby Week up there, which comes in another month. And I'm kind of excited because um I have a little interest in a horse that Todd's training called uh, Ironworks and a uh, nice three year old colt distorted humor colt. uh he went his first time out uh at Gulfstream, going six furlongs and he he won pretty easy and then uh Todd brought him back in a mile um about some months later and he ran third uh, he was green uh he was learning the um learning ropes as he as you say um, he had some things that were you know, uh, new to him that he went through, and but he adjusted well, and he he was closing at the end, and, and fortunately, he wasn't catching a bunch of slow horses. He was catching a bunch of good horses, and that kind of got of a, got us excited. And uh, Todd decided to um, maybe uh, next time out uh, put blinkers on him. Uh, we were pointing towards the Florida Derby, and then it kind of came to the realization that he's not at that stage yet. And instead of trying to throw him in, uh, you know, to to the wolves as they say, uh, Todd decided to uh, pull him back a little bit and uh, ship. We'll ship him out uh, on uh, tomorrow uh, to go to Cayman, and he will run on the ninth on the ninth of, um, of uh, April at Cayman. It's on a Saturday. You know, be an allowance race that he'll run up there, and, and that'll help uh, school him a little bit and bring him along. So we're kind of excited about that to see where he goes. Uh, I would like to see him do good at Cayman on on the ninth, come back and run on Derby Day in an undercard race, and then uh, point towards the Preakness. And so that's what I look at. But uh, you know, the reality of it is, is that you know that might not happen, and if it doesn't, we're displeased with the way he's doing. Uh, way he's running now and so that's kind of exciting he's only had two starts and he's got a first and a third so you know he does know the game a little bit and hopefully he'll he'll improve off of that uh here over the next um uh, over the next month and they will tell him what can happen and everything but nevertheless you know we're pleased with you know what's going on there with him and and then uh, we have delray equestrian um they have a lot of good horses over there um uh, uh, they do a lot of um, uh, AQHA events. They do a lot of uh, events up at Wellington, and um, it's just really uh, uh, an exciting uh, time for us here because everybody's uh, doing their doing their disciplines and their their uh, racing and and doing their shows and everything. And that makes it nice for us here, you know, uh, in South Florida. And we'd like to see more people uh, get involved with us down here to just see what all is going on. Um, you know, uh, here in South Florida. So it would be, uh, you know, exciting for us to do that. Um, You know, I just can't uh, express uh, the thanks to all of our clients that we've had, all the riders, all the horse people that we've had here um, over the winter, made a lot of new friends, uh, got a lot of new horses that will be coming back. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what goes on. And speaking of you know the show horse industry in Wellington, Wellington has been sold uh, to a company uh, out of Europe. Um, and it's uh, it's just unbelievable uh, what they're going to be doing at Wellington in the coming year. Uh, it was nice as it as it is. It's going to even get better next year, and they're kind of ending up the season here in April and. Uh, uh, with a, a, a show that's just unbelievable. It's a $500,000 Rolex Grand Prix. Um, it, it's going to be really, really interesting. There's about 30 uh, riders that will be competing in that on Saturday night. And I, I'm just, I can't wait for it to get here. Uh, we've got the uh, Arkansas Derby. We've got the Jeff Ruby Stakes. Uh, we've got the um, Florida Derby coming up on Saturday day. And then we'll scoot on over to Wellington uh, after we leave the Florida Derby to see uh, the uh, Rolex Grand Prix. And, and that's an amazing event because you have some of the best riders in the world that are there. And not only do you have just one or two, you've got eight or nine that will be very competitive. And it's going to be, uh, you know, a, a very talented horse that gets them to the winner's circle. And you never can tell, we got a lot of upcoming uh, stars in, in, in the show horse industry that are starting to push uh, these older veterans, uh, you know, to a, to a whole nother level. And that's what we like about it because we have some of those stars here at Sunshine Meadows. And it's going to be uh, uh, hopefully a good weekend for us all the way around. Uh, it's going to have 40 of the most elite uh, horses and riders combinations in the world will be here. Uh, it's the Globe uh, Globe Comp Equestrian Sports Productions. Uh, I, I'm just so excited to have those uh, that company here and the people here. Um, they retain uh, all the rights to everything at uh, at Wellington uh, from the vendors on. So they're they're going to make it. They're going to build it and make it a, a showplace that, that that'll be second to none. And that's going to be hard to do because, uh, uh, Wellington was all, already good. It's even going to get better now. Uh, you know, I, I was excited. Um, the $500,000 Rolex Grand Prix takes place and it starts at 11 a.m. Eastern time on Saturday, April 2nd. Um, though originally scheduled for a 1 p.m. move, um, uh, 1 p.m., it was moved up due to forecast of inclement, uh, rain that afternoon or weather that afternoon so that's going to be uh, you know a play-by-ear thing they'll still have it but uh, that's why they moved it up uh, gates will open at 10 a.m first horse will be on course at 11 a.m the global pavilion and uh, tilt uh, tiki pavilion for vip members will be uh, will open uh, uh, at that time so uh, you know uh, if you're vip you can get in there early you um, know it, it'll, uh, it, it'll be good I'm just so so excited about it that's at 13 uh, 500 South Shore Boulevard in Wellington uh, to go up to just uh, go on up there and take a uh, take a look and see what it is and you'll see some of the best horse show jumping in the world see some of the best riders you'll see all kinds of celebrities up there uh, You never tell can't tell who you'll see but uh, that's up at uh, Wellington at the uh, $500,000 uh, Grand Prix, uh, Rolex Grand Prix. And speaking of Rolex, uh, Rolex is uh, only three weeks away in uh, Lexington. So you got to be sure to get down to Lexington uh, to the horse park to see uh, the Rolex. And uh, Caneland will be open, so uh, you can spend it uh a day or two over at Rolex, and then you can go over to Keeneland to the races at uh, Keeneland Racecourse for the thoroughbreds, and what I like about uh, the Rolex is they have a thing now that uh, they're kind of just uh, taken up from every which way, shape, or form uh, that you can get somebody into a venue to make it easier for them. Uh, they make uh, parking easier. They have shuttle buses or shuttle golf carts type thing that get you back and forth to the venue. But at the Rolex, uh three day Rolex in Lexington, uh, they have for uh, I think it's uh like twenty five to fifty dollars a day. Uh you can get uh, a headset like they have for NASCAR and you can walk around all the grounds and it tells you um, who's riding where, what horse is on course. Um they can tell you uh about the food vent, uh, vendors. They can tell you about everything on there and it's kind of, and you just put them on and you just stroll through the, uh, uh, through the horse park, and it tells you what's going on, when and where. And what I like about that is, is you don't waste a lot of time running around, you know, trying to find something because you have it on a, on a headset and they're telling you wh- where it's at and, uh, they're telling you who's on course and they're telling you the times that they're running. And, uh, you know, they just tell you any and everything that you need to know, uh, about the, the three-day Rolex. And let me tell you, when you're on a big a facility like that, having that headset is really good. Is really good to, uh, to be at, uh, you know, to do that. So that, that's at, uh, Kentucky, uh, that's at the Kentucky, um, uh, Horse Park in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. And so now we're talking about, um, uh, the World Equestrian Center, uh, fact sheet. In Ocala, Florida. And, uh, this place is just another one. Uh, it's going to be, uh, a, a direct competitor with, uh, Wellington, uh, international. And I, I'm really excited about, uh, going up here again to see this place. Um, they, they put it together with the horseman in mind and, and the horseman in mind is really, really, uh, something, um, you know, that these venues are starting to take into consideration, and they actually are getting out uh, uh, to do things like me, for example, here in in, uh, Delray. There's three venues that we have here, and one of my jobs is uh, probably, other than picking up trash, um, one of my jobs here is to um, make sure that our clients, uh, you know, are, are being taken care of well and and I kind of act act like a liaison uh, between uh, our clients and our riders and and our employees uh to the manager and to the owner of the farm and uh, that kind of uh, i kind of helps soften the blow uh to uh you know to upper management by finding out what's wrong uh giving that information to our management, and then our management can come around and correct it and take care of whatever needs to be done. And also that that's uh, one of the things that I do here, and and to help uh, you know uh, uh, get out information about our facility and, and what we do here, and and we're so lucky here because usually every year uh, we're filled up. Uh, and it's kind of nice to uh, know that you're going to be filled, and and you can spend a lot of time on taking care of the clients and and uh, the people that come here, and, and to do that, so uh, we like that. But the World Equestrian Center in Cal- in Ocala is just uh, taking um, the industry by storm. And, and same thing in Tryon, same thing, um, you know, at in Wellington International here. Uh, they're getting kind of competitive to get those uh, top-class uh, owners and trainers and, and, and uh, uh, equestrians of the, of the world. For example, at the World Equestrian Center, the equestrian hotel has five floors, has 248 rooms, handicap accessible to 67 rooms. You check in at 4 p.m. and check out at 12 p.m. So that makes an easy day for you to get in, in and out. Uh, they have uh, handicap accessibility, uh, 248 uh, rooms, uh, five floors, uh, you know, and, and so that, that accommodates a lot of people, you know, when you're there. And it makes it nice because you're right on the grounds there. Um, when you get off, all you got to do is go down and get you a dealer golf cart and take off and see the park. What you have to do. Is, uh, another thing that uh, all the parks and facilities in uh, all breeds are starting to take into consideration is the RV uh, at um, the World Equestrian Center RV Park. They have 280 RV slips uh, that they there uh, that they have there. They have water, power. And sewer hookups provided for each, each slip that, uh, they have there. They have a general store and a fuel station. They have shower facilities and a laundromat. So that covers everything that you need, uh, when you're in your RV. Uh, especially like with the showers, for example, uh, it is really nice because instead of running, um, your tanks all out and filling your tanks all up, uh, you know, they've got a beautiful uh, shower facility there, very private, very, uh, Uh, first class, uh, something that you really look for. Uh, and so that's what I like about that. Now we have, uh, they also have a home away from home. They have 70 units. There's three bedroom, two baths, full kitchen and dining area, sleeper, sofa, and washer and dryer. Now this is a, now this is an equestrian RV, uh, equestrian, um, you know, facility that's shown, uh, year round. Uh, 70 units, three bedrooms, two baths, Full kitchen, dining area, sleeper sofa, and a washer and dryer. What more could you ask for? You couldn't ask for anything more than that. Uh, you know they have it right there. Uh, the one uh, another thing that they taken into consideration is uh, other other events that they could have there other than equestrian events. Uh, they have an um, they have an exposition center there. Um, it's really nice. Uh, and I tell you, it's just unbelievable the things they have there. They've got the LED walls. They've got the um, uh, four-sided LED screen systems uh, there. So whatever event's going on, you'll be able to see no matter where you're at in, in the exposition center. Um, they have uh, uh, a, an array of things there that just, just – it's hard to believe uh, when you start talking about it. Uh, it's connected to the Equestrian Hotel. Um, open-air stadium for 1,500 spectators with two LED walls, World Equestrian Center Stadium, open-air um, stadium for 7,000 spectators. So you're talking about a tremendous amount of people that will be available there, you know, uh, to get in and see these equestrian events. You know, you're talking about nine, ten thousand 10,000 people, you know, just there uh, at the uh, convenience of the World Equestrian Center. Um, the services that they um that they have there uh dedicated loading dock at each exposition center multiple freight doors for each exposition center dedicated vent management team on site a v production on site uh i t team and uh convenient on site parking so they they take literally take care of everything that you're doing there for you and they get it they get it out there like there's no tomorrow. Uh, you know, they can cater to every need that, that you have. And that's what we do here at IAM TV is we try to produce um, programming that will connect you to any event, uh, that, 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 like uh, the World Equestrian Center or Wellington or the Kentucky Derby, Preakness, Belmont, or the sales. Uh, we're, we act as a distribution point to where you can come to our website. You can click on to... Um, uh, Quest free, Equine Gold, and you, and you can find out uh, about all the uh, show horse uh, events that are going on in the country that week. Um, you can go to At the Wire, and you can uh, uh, watch all the um, uh, racing from uh, Churchill, Keneland, uh New York, California, um, Eastern, uh, Eastern Europe, uh, Asia. Uh, you name it; uh, we can be there. And let me tell you some of the some of the programming that they have come out of Eastern Europe is really interesting to see. Uh, it's it's laid back. It's not very modern, but it's still racing and it's still trying to produce a product to uh, get out to the equestrian world. So those are the kind of things that we have on our website. Um, amenities and enhancements that they have at um, uh, World Equestrian Center in Ocala. Business center is located on, on the third and fifth floor of the equestrian hotel on-site parking services, in-room dining. So you can literally get everything done when you're there at the hotel, not have to go out for anything other than to, you know, be at the event live there. Uh, The recreational facilities that they have, they got an outdoor pool and splash board. They have walking and jogging paths, a salon and small 24-hour fitness center, sand volleyball court. And so they take care of all the things that uh, you can go and do and relax after your event, uh, you know, has, has uh, um, been displayed. And after you participated in your event, you can go out and just relax and, and really enjoy enjoy the facilities there. Uh, then this is <laughs> this is the best thing uh, about this place. I've traveled so many miles over the years and done so many places of of, um, racing mostly, but, um, you know, the show horse industry and all the other things. And it's very difficult to get a place to go eat because for most of the horsemen, uh, when you go to an area, uh, you know, uh, didn't matter you know, what discipline you're in, the horsemen usually have a hangout and it could be anywhere from, uh, uh, you know, a TGI Fridays to, uh, Flanagan's that we have here in South Florida, Uh, you know, to all different types of restaurants, but the horsemen usually, you know, gravitate to one or two facilities or restaurants in that area. And let me tell you, sometimes it can get crowded. So the World Equestrian Center decided that they would do, uh, some restaurants. Uh, these restaurants include out, indoor and outdoor dining, which is really great. They have, um, uh, Emma's, Velo's, Yellow Pony, uh, Miss Tilly Lollipops, uh, Ralph's Burgers and Sandwich Shops, Stirrup's Restaurant, Viola and Dot's Italian Kitchen and Pizzeria and Yellow Pony Pub and Garden. They literally cover any and every type of food that you could want there at the World Equestrian Center. And they're, they're moderately priced too, so it, it's really kind of nice, you know, to, to get to a facility where they have all that. So once you get to the World Equestrian Center, you don't have to leave for anything, not a thing. Uh, they got everything that you could possibly, um, you know, think of, uh, you know, right there. And and so we're kind of excited about it. Uh, Starting on the 2nd of uh, April, we had the Ocala Arabian Amateur Show on uh, the 14th. The World Equestrian Center Ocala has Trusage Three. Uh on the fourteenth they have the National Collegiate Equestrian Association National Championships. Now that's something that you'd really like to go see there in Alcala. That's on April the 14th. It's the National Collegiate Equestrian Associ- Association National Championships. So you're talking about like having the um you know, the, the national championship for football or or uh, you know for basketball. Uh these are the best the collegiates uh Uh, equestrian uh, riders in in the country that are there. And uh, also on the 14th uh, in the Dressage Arena they had Dressage 3, the VIP experience. On the 15th they had Dressage 3, the VIP experience. On the 16th um, of April they had the Peruvian Paso uh, Paso Horse World Show which is really an interesting uh, breed to watch. Uh, Everybody, it's amazing. I don't understand a lot about it, but I do like to watch it. Uh, it's very interesting. Um, on the 20th of April, they have the 2022 20, uh, A Sudden Impulse and NSBA and Futurity Horse Show. Um, then on the May 4th, they have the Region 12 Arabian Half Arabian Championship Show. Uh, five, uh, uh, May 13th, they have the Florida Paint Horse Club event. And then uh, on the 6th, uh, or June 15th, they had the uh, Ocala Summer Se- Series uh, week. Um, that's for, for Level 6. So they got a little bit of everything there, you know, that they have coming up. Um, and, you know, when you get a place like this, it leads into a lot of different things. Uh, for example, the World Equestrian Center is now hiring, and they're, they need help. Um, they're looking for a general store supervisor. They're looking for bartenders. They're looking for a convention service manager. Uh, they're looking for a sales manager. They're looking for a banquet setup crews, uh, cashier attendants, and a stewarding supervisor. Um, so, and that's just the list of, of uh, probably of about forty jobs that are available there at the work, uh, at the center. And they're hiring multiple uh, multiple people for each department. So, if you're out of work and looking for a job. Uh, you know, the World Equestrian Place uh, Center is a place to go to. And you know, the great thing about that is, is most of those jobs, it, it helps if you're an equestrian, uh, if you're an equestrian, but not necessary, uh, because they, they need a lot of help there. And especially like in the convention set up people, uh, they're always having things there and that's a, a constant job. It's a good, good paying job and they're a good company to work for so that you know that's one of the things that uh, you know we're looking at here uh to see what all is going on uh you know in the horse industry and and now we're going to start getting over into some uh, thoroughbred uh, things that are going on and one of the things that uh, we're going to talk about right off the bat here and I'm not going to talk long on it because um to me uh this this whole situation got to a point to where it shouldn't have been um, this this thing should have been over and done with a year ago, and and you know it, it was a, a kind of like a contest of, of who was going to outlast who, and it, uh, if it were me personally, uh, I would have taken the punishment and been over and done with it, and and um, then uh, um, you know they could go on with what they were doing. Uh, for example, the person that I'm talking about is uh, Bob Baffert. Uh, Bob Baffert uh, won over in Dubai. Um, Bob trains a lot of good horses. He's, a, he, he's a, a trainer that can get a horse ready for a race. But there were things that uh, assisted him along the way that uh, were against the rules and regulations in and, and, and racing.
1: And it, it
0: got to a point to where it became a real problem. And with Medina Spirits, uh, last year's Kentucky Derby winner, uh, tested positive for a drug. Uh, and, and it's not how, it, it, was, it first came out of how it was administered to the horse. There were four or five different scenarios that, that it could have been. And it got into one of those, you know, uh, well, you know, could have been this, could have been that. You know, I didn't do it. He did it. She did it. Uh, you know, who's doing it uh, type of thing. Nevertheless, under the rules and regulations of the uh, state regulations of the state of Kentucky, the horse tested positive for a banned substance. Therefore, he had to relinquish all the money and the first-place victory in the Kentucky Derby. That was all taken away from him. And, and so now uh, they got into court battles, and, and it's been going on for years, back and forth, into courts, into courts, and it's little thing. Like the last one was, well, should the um, should the ruling uh, on the uh, uh, from the state of Kentucky shouldn't have come out of uh, Fayette County, or or shouldn't have come out of uh, Jefferson County in the where the derby was at, or where you know uh, the court uh, trial actually took place, it kind of got into one of those things, and it's still into that. Nevertheless, Bob is not going to be able to race horses in Kentucky for the next two years. He lost the Kentucky Derby. it was taken away from him. And, and so that, that's said and done. And the thing that's going on now, is just kind of a desperate man grabbing a grassman at a straw in an in a ocean. Uh, it's just not going to happen, you know, for it. And since he's ruled off in Kentucky for two years and his, um, his uh, suspension is to be start April the 4th, uh, he will not be allowed to have any horses on the grounds or race in Kentucky at all. That's that's the law. That's the fact, uh, you know, that that's, that's going to happen uh, with it. And so now, having said that, Maryland has followed suit with that. If you're going to, uh, uh, if you are under uh, investigation or if you are suspended by another state outside the Maryland jurisdiction, they have reciprocity and he will not be able to run for two years in the, uh, in the Preakness. And, again, uh, you know, they're just following suit. Then Belmont, uh, the Belmont Stakes in New York has reciprocity, and they are not going to allow Bob to run in, in New York or the Belmont Stakes or Saratoga. So that, that's the fact. Now he has to remove all his horses from uh, California racetracks and give them out to other trainers that uh, he is not that are not employed by him or associated with him. So they're gonna have to do that. They have to remove all signage um of the Bafford stable from all the tracks. Um you can't have anything like that. So basically he, he he can't have anything to do in the thoroughbred industry in the United States uh you know for the next two years. So uh you know but we're policing the industry. Uh, there were six trainers a- in New York that weren't, uh, given stalls so they could race at, uh, Belmont or Aqueduct or Saratoga, uh, for various violations. And so now we're, we've, uh, the states have cleaned up the sport. Uh, whenever you go to see a horse race, you know it's going to be legitimate. They're going to follow the rules. And if they don't follow the rules, they're gonna going to get gone. And that, that's the long and short of it. No matter who you are, no matter how small the, the violation is, uh you you will be uh, uh held to the rules and regulations of, of the state racing commissions and so that that's that's a positive sign for the business um i hate to see it happen to people like that but you know if you don't police your own barn and your own self then you deserve what you get and i think that uh, they've proven that right now um in, in kentucky and, and the rest of the state and my hats off to those jurisdictions jurisdictions that did that you know, so that, that that's all I got to say on it. Uh, looking forward to um, a, a good year of racing this year, good honest clean year uh, that we will have uh, coming up. Now we get down into last call, one of our shows that we have, and they had the two-year-old training sale um, in uh, in Gulfstream Park. Uh, the select sale sold smaller catalog on, on, uh, of only 103 horses. With fewer horses entering up, uh, under the hammer. Uh, um, Fassett Tipton reported 35 horses from the 52 offered changed hands at a 67.3% clearance rate for the gross receipts of $13,155,000. The average sale of the horse, um, uh, of the horses at Gulfstream sale were $375,000. Uh, the medium was $300,000. Seven tons of horses went unsold represented an r n a of thirty two percent reserve not met, so the meaning that um the horses went into the ring and the owners of the horses had a price set on it, nobody bid that price, so they took the horse back to the farm that's what an r n a is reserve not uh you know accepted and, and also um you know that that's pretty good uh you know it is better than average uh, I was really surprised. Uh, at some of these, and, and we keep telling our listeners out there, see, you could have gone down to Gulfstream track. Here it is, Florida Derby Week. Uh, you could have gone to the sales, uh, uh, yesterday and you could have seen all the horses and, and be part of Florida Derby Week and really have, have a good time, uh, there. Uh, last, uh, last year, 67 horses sold, uh, of 105, and, um, they were offered at $25,360,000 was the gross an average of 378, uh, and the medium then was also 300,000. So that, that was, a, you know, a, a little bit of improvement, but steady. I, I wouldn't say it didn't go down, didn't go up, but it, it was it was very, very good. Uh, I was excited about it. Uh, you know, and then, and then you get out here and you start looking at these horses, and, and they breezed at Gulfstream uh, a couple of days beforehand, and, um, you know, it's just unbelievable, uh, you know, how, uh, these horses sell. Uh, one, one gentleman, uh, uh, the Waver Tree Stable spent $3,920,000. Uh, they were the top leading consigner. Uh, you know, so, so they're in it for serious. Um, uh, the Miami atmosphere, you know, really helps a lot of that. Uh, so, you know, what, what can you say? Um, you know about that it was just um, a great sales that anybody you know could have gone to the general public could have gone to and so it was really good uh, you know our, our future derby horses were coming out of there so a year from now uh, the horses and a lot of the horses that sold there to Gulfstream uh, hey they might be in the derby picture they might be in the derby picture so so now uh, we're going to start talking a little bit here about the Kentucky Derby um we're down to the uh, to the end uh, uh, end of our uh, uh, derby prep races here in the United States, Europe, and China, and so you got to have enough points to get in, and uh, they just can't do it, you know, if you don't have the points. So, you know, it's a it's not desperate, but you know, it's one of those things that are, uh, you know, everybody's pointing towards. And one of the things that concerned me about this year's uh, derby prep schedule. Uh, was nothing. I wasn't concerned about anything. Uh, they changed a few of the stake races around, uh, moving them to later dates like, that. for example, um, the Florida Derby has moved to April 2nd and used to be uh, in the mid-part mid, mid, mid part of uh, March, you know, around the 15th. And so they're they're kind of looking and trying to rearrange schedules so that um, the horsemen can uh, participate in uh, the series of races that lead up to the Florida Derby, like the Fountain of Youth, the Swale Stakes, and other stakes that were run in the last few months that kind of point you towards the Kentucky Derby and 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 get you prepped for the Florida Derby and not have to, you know, worry about spacing out the races and everything. So uh, the race that uh, I was excited about you know, was the uh, fairgrounds uh, at the fairgrounds in New Orleans, the uh, um, Louisiana Derby. Uh, which 40 years ago last weekend I was uh, working with El Baba that won the Louisiana Derby. And so it, it kind of meant a little something special to me. Um, this race is a million dollar race. It's going a mile and three sixteenths on the dirt and they had, they had a pretty decent field here. Uh, you know, uh, and we're going to talk more about the fields here in just a few minutes, but um uh as an overall as the whole season came along we'll talk about all the fields not just one in particular race uh this race uh the Louisiana Derby uh had a field of uh, nine horses uh they had Rattle and Row from Kenning McPeak which was a nice horse they had Galt uh, which is really a nice horse for Billy Mott. um then they came in and they had uh uh Call Me Midnight uh uh, for um, uh, Mr. Disarmo was there. Uh, they had uh, Epic Center for Steve Ashmussen and Todd Pletcher had Pioneer uh, of Medina. Uh, and so it was a well-balanced field. They all carried 122 pounds, and it was, it was a good race. It was really a good race. Um, I, I was uh, really pleased with how it turned out. Uh, it turned out the way I thought it was going to turn out, but um, we'll talk a little bit more about all these races that they have something in common, uh, whether it's Louisiana Derby, the Arkansas Derby, the Tampa Bay Derby. We're going to talk about what it was all in common with them. Um, Epic Center uh, won that, uh, won the race for Steve Asmussen. Um, nice horse. Uh, he won it by two and a half lengths. Um, he he was uh, a good. Uh, he ran a good race. It was a good strong race. Uh, you know, horses here very competitive. Uh, it it kind of uh, weighed out to the way everybody thought it was going to weigh out. Uh, uh, it, it was a good race, uh, but Steve Askmuson won it. Steve's got quite a few horses uh, in the barn that are ready to uh, make their statement for the Derby, and, and this might be one of them. Uh, he might he might have this one in the Derby. Uh, I think he, he he'd be a good Derby horse. I don't think, uh, to be honest with you, I don't think he can win the Derby. Uh, and, and we'll talk all about all the, what this, again, goes back to the common thread all these races have now uh, for, uh, you know, the, the Derby prep races uh, throughout the year, back from starting at the Iroquois at Churchill back last fall uh, to uh, the races that uh, we've had up through last Saturday, uh, which one of them was the Louisiana Derby. So now uh, we're looking at the, the next race that, uh, that uh, was on the agenda. And I, I was kind of uh, uh, thinking, hey, maybe, you know, what's the deal here um, with, with these horses? Are are they all doing the same thing? Um, you know, the Sunland Park Derby, uh, that that was a very good race. Uh, I was really impressed with uh, the way things went there. And, and they went pretty much the way I thought they would go. Uh, so, you know, uh, what, what do you do? Uh, you know, you start thinking, like, say, well, did the Derby winner come out of the Sun- Sunland Park Derby? No, it didn't. Uh, and it won't. Uh, it was a good race. Steve Ashmeason had uh, some nice horses in there, um, uh, good, some good trainers that were in there. Doug O'Neill had Slow Down Andy uh, in, in the race. Uh, like I said, Steve Ashmeason had two, had Costi and Classic Moment in there. Um, and then uh, it, it was a good race. But at the end of the day, we're sitting there, Slow Down Andy. Slow down, Andy, for Doug O'Neill. Comes in from California and wins the race. Uh, he won it by uh, uh, half a length. Um, he dueled inside and, and drifted uh, five wide. So, you know, he, he got a little tired. He started drifting out. But, it, you know, it, it, it was a good race. Um, it was a $500,000 purse. Uh, the track was fast. It was clear, good weather out there. and had no problems. At all. It's a mile and an eighth on the dirt. So, again, we're going to get back to this common thread that we're seeing here in all these derby print races that started from the Airquois last year and in, in, in Churchill, and now they're, they're going through to all these different ones that, uh, that we have now. Um, We've we got uh, a couple of good races coming up here uh, this weekend. Uh, I was really surprised um, at who went where and why they went to where they went. Uh, we've got uh, three races coming up this weekend. And we're going to start out with, uh, at Oakland Park in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Uh, post time, uh, for Saturday's, uh, Arkansas Derby is, uh, 635, uh, central time, 735 Eastern time. It's a $1,250,000 and we're going a mile and an eighth on the dirt. And this is going to be a good race because a lot of these horses you don't see at Churchill that are coming out of here. Uh, this is, uh, again, and we're going to talk again about the common thread with all these races. We don't know if the common thread is going to show up here on Saturday or not. We won't know that until Saturday afternoon uh, if that common thread shows up that we're getting ready to talk about here in just a few minutes. Um, we have uh, a lot of good horses there uh, in this race. Uh, Steve Aschemussen's got Chasing Time in there, which is a nice horse. Um, Dallas Stewart has got uh, Ben Diesel, which is a nice horse. It's made a lot of the the other races uh, around, but uh, the one that that we're going to talk about the most, and I think if this if this horse runs, the way this horse can run, this horse has a huge stride on it. It's a filly called Secret Oath, bred in Kentucky trained by D Wayne Lucas. This horse is just phenomenal. She she can do just about any and everything that you ask her to do. Um you know, I I, I was really uh, surprised at how she came around uh over the over the year. Um she's trained by Hall of Famer Dwayne Wayne Lucas that had winning colors that won the Derby. Uh, winning colors came right out of uh, Arkansas and she she is just just a phenomenal horse. Secret Oath is her name. There's a lot, uh, a lot about her that, uh, nobody has really seen. Uh, you'd have to see her on a daily basis training. But this horse, it, it could be go down as, as one of the best horses that Wayne Lucas has ever trained in Ray, Wayne's won four Kentucky Derby. So, um, that, that's at the, in the Arkansas Derby. Come to, uh, IENTV.org and you'll be able to see it or go to, uh, um, uh, Oakland Park uh, dot .com to see it. Uh that that's going to be a, a good race. And I, I tell you what, I think D. Wayne's got her right there. He's not saying much about her. Um Wayne Wayne wouldn't be putting her in there in Arkansas Derby if she couldn't win. Um if she wins, then she's straight on to the Derby. If she runs good in Arkansas Derby, she could still make that trip to the Kentucky Derby. But if she doesn't, more likely if if she doesn't run the way Wayne thinks she can run, then you'll probably see her in the Kentucky Oaks. And if she runs in the Kentucky Oaks, it's hands down, you know, she's going to win that, uh, you know, for that uh, for the Oaks. You all know. but uh, that's going to be tough. Uh, then we, we we're talking about Turfway Park. Um, it's kind of a you know like a, a smaller race to get to uh, the Kentucky Derby. Um, it's a turfway park, uh, post times at 623 Eastern time. It's the Jeff Ruby Stakes. It's a grade three. Uh, he's got 13 horses in the race. Uh, Todd Fletcher's got two in there. It's a swing shift is, is one of them and Royal Spirit is the other. Um, Mike Maker's got the stolen base in there. Um, we have Brad Cox has got Tony Port in there. Uh, tis the bomb kenny mcpeak which is really tough um red run for steve ashmussen uh so this race is kind of loaded uh to be honest with you i think that this race is going to be wide open i think that any one of these horses could come up and nail uh, uh nail this victory down get some derby points and hopefully get in the derby it's a grade three uh race but uh you know it's uh I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's kind of one of those races that's uh, like kissing your sister, <laughs> you might say. Um, you got a lot of good horses here, and, and you'll see a lot of these horses run on Derby Day and in, in, in the undercard uh, out of here. The winner out of here, you might see go on, but I, I really don't see anything in here that jumps out at me that uh, that's going to really set me up to uh, you know say, hey, yes, this is a Derby winner. Now, the last uh, race today that we're going to talk about here uh, is the prep races um, is the Florida Derby. This is probably one of the most prestigious races that you can race your horse in uh, as a trainer, as a prep race going on to the Derby. They moved it to April 2nd from uh, the middle of uh, March uh, to put it in about four weeks uh, out of the Kentucky Derby, which is good to help the horsemen. And uh, this this uh, uh race is just uh, uh, set up right to uh, tighten your horse up for the Derby. It's a million-dollar purse. It's going to mile and an eighth on the turf, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, about this race. Uh, Todd Fletcher has a, a, a horse in here called Charge It. He just broke his maiden at Gulfstream, so he's very lightly raced, but he's going off as one of the favorites uh, in his second favorite. Uh, so um you know, there's a lot to be said for this horse. A lot to be said uh for this horse. Uh, Brian Lynch has a classic causeway uh simplification, uh was taken out with a torn tendon. Uh we have uh cassidy Cassie's got Papa Cap in it. Uh White Abrero, uh Tampa Bay Derby uh winner. Uh we have that in there. Uh, so, uh, it, this is going to be interesting. And, and the reason I say this race, to, uh, last to talk about is because of, of, of quite a few things in here. Uh, one, Todd Pletcher's got a horse in there that, that is highly respected and not, and not because he, he stables with us at our, uh, Delray Beach, Palm Beach Downs, uh, farm, but it's because of the way he brings horses around. He's won the, the Florida Derby quite a few times and he got his horses as a stepping stone to win the Kentucky Derby. So, but having said that, he's likely raced. Now we're talking about like classic Causeway that uh, that'll be in there. We're talking about Papa Cat uh, will be in there. White Abrario will be in there. And what the, what they had in common, and all these races have had in common, and, and this is the thread that, that kind of binds them uh, all together. Uh, Tampa Bay Derby speed rating one of the slowest speed ratings that they've had in a long time, a slow speed rating. And I'm telling you, you know, when you got a, when your speed ratings are slow and, you know, I, I'm not saying anything against all those horses over there, but I'm telling you, it, it, it could have been, it could have been a best of a bunch of bad horses. That's what it could, uh, what it could be. And tell you, and to show you how, how, uh justify saying that is the fact that uh uh you know when you see those common threads uh, that go throughout and and they're all kind of bunched up and no real outstanding stars nobody that really dominates the you know the three year old division at any of the races from last uh fall at the Iroquois at Churchill through the Breeders' Cup through you know to where we are at today. Uh, you know, when you don't have that outstanding uh, standout, you, you start realizing, hey, you know, it could be just about any one of these horses, you know, could, could win the Arkansas Derby or the Florida Derby or Santa Anita Derby that's coming up, uh, you know, that type of thing. Uh, nobody's really stood out. So we've got, uh, we got three more races next weekend that, uh, uh, that'll be there. The blue, we're talking about the bluegrass stakes, the Santa Anita Derby that, that'll be, a, uh, be coming up. And we'll kind of, like, see. But what you really base everything on is the experts. And when I say the experts in the horse business, I don't mean the the trainers. I don't mean the owners. I don't mean the jockeys. Uh, I mean the experts. And those are the people that are involved in laying down the odds on these horses uh, in the derby uh, prep season. It says the final Kentucky Derby future wagers have been postponed until uh, April the ninth. They were supposed to be out on Saturday, but um, since they've got a, a few, uh, no real definite winner out there, uh, they moved it to uh, uh, moved it to uh, next uh, April seventh and ninth. They'll come out with that um, with that book, and when you start having the people. Uh, you know look at things like this uh that uh, these horses haven't really made an impression on the professional gamblers, the people that set the odds and usually they have you know they have one that's oh yeah this and so and so and he's gonna do this because he's you know sired by this and he won this race here and in, in you know sporting fashion and, and all like that and so that that's one thing that um uh, it's going to be interesting to see. It says the Future Wagering Selection Committee met Monday. and wanted to uh, use a few key horses within the top 23 betting uh, interests, specifically the Philly Secret Oath, who runs Saturday in the Arkansas Derby, and, and the runner-up uh, in last weekend's UAE Derby Summer is tomorrow. Uh, the reason that they're doing that, that um, is that they're kind of swinging around and they're saying, hey, look, you know, we got these these two horses here. If they come in, that's going to add a whole different, you know, uh, structure to the Kentucky Derby, how it's run, uh, who's in it, you know. Then, then you start talking about post position and uh, riders and, you know, uh, how did they fare the last two weeks, how was the weather in Kentucky. Now all these things are really becoming important, you know, to the horse that's there. Uh, how many horses have shipped into Kentucky yet? How many are going to ship in at the last minute? There's just so many things. And whenever you get the, the, the professionals, and the only professionals I say in the business are, are, the, uh, are the handicappers, because they're the ones that uh, they know more than most of the trainers do, most of the jockeys do, uh, because they, they, they're a study for them to do. So that, that's going to be interesting to see. Um, the, the field of 24 uh, betting interests will be announced April the 5th. Uh, the three day pool will run April 7th through the 9th and close prior to the first road to the Kentucky Derby Championship Series race that Saturday afternoon. Races scheduled to be run uh, here next uh, week from this weekend uh, are the Wood Memorial, states presented by Resorts World Casino, the Toyota Bluegrass Stakes, and the Run Happy Santa Anita Derby. So those are three key races that might, you know, uh, next week we'll talk about uh, show uh, somebody that's outstanding or, or somebody that might be coming in there. But to be honest with you, we're in the same boat next week as we are this week. We don't really have any outstanding, you know, uh, horses to run in this year's Kentucky Derby uh, because that field is going to probably be the most spread out and equally uh, talented field that has run in the Kentucky Derby in years. Uh, you know, uh It's going to be, it's going to be quite an interesting week, uh, you know, weekend to see what happens. Uh, if Secret Oath comes out this weekend and if she destroys that Arkansas Derby field, which she could do, if she does that, then you're looking at the solid favorite for the Kentucky Derby, no matter what happens at, uh, the Wood Memorial, Santa Anita uh, you know, uh, uh, races or the Bluegrass. That that will be a definite for sure, you know, this horse should and could and will win the Kentucky Derby in 2022. Uh, that's what, you, you know, we're looking at. And so that's the common thread that I've been talking about, uh, you know, over the last uh, few months here, um, you know, on our At The Wire show on thir- uh, Thursdays. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how they go and where they go and who they are. And uh, you can all catch up on all that on intv.org this weekend um, and see what's going on, watch it live, and and just kind of take it from that point on. So we're getting about ready to get out of time here. Uh, We hope you uh, uh, enjoyed the show. Uh, We hope you get out and see an equestrian event in your area. Get out and support uh, the equestrians because people don't really realize that uh, how, how important the, uh, equestrian industry is to the community. Uh, um, they're the people that shop at the Walmarts and the Burger King's and the grocery stores, Kroger's, uh, uh, Target's, uh, Walmart's, uh, they get hotels, they rent cars, um, they go to the doctor, they rent houses, apartments, uh, um, you know, you name it, they, they're a big contribution to the, uh, community that these events are in. So go, go to Google and Google, uh, uh, horse events for your area and attend a horse event this weekend, uh, you know, in, in your area, plan your vacations around it. Uh, so we enjoyed the day today. Um, have a good time this weekend. This is Scott Miller from International Equine Report.